The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Please join me for the prayer of the day. Holy, Holy God, God, you, you confound the world's wisdom in giving, in giving your kingdom, kingdom to the lowly and the pure in heart. heart. Give us such a hunger and thirst for justice and perseverance in striving for peace that in our world and deeds the world may see the life of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our Holy Gospel today is from the fifth chapter of Matthew, beginning at verse 1. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me as we uh, pray together the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. These words from the Beatitudes have been described as Jesus' inaugural sermon. These words would set the tone for the remainder of Jesus' life and ministry. Jesus not only spoke these words, Jesus lived these words. Now just a quick reminder, or a refresher I guess. The word beatitude has the meaning blessed or blessedness. So when we say the Beatitudes, we're basically saying the blessing, the blessed statements. These are blessing statements that Jesus spoke at the beginning of his ministry. And once again, as I have had opportunity over this past week to reflect on and to study and to delve into these words, I know that for me, I personally, I have been challenged, I have been provoked, I have been disturbed, and I have been called to reflect on what these blessing statements mean for me, but not only just for me, but what they mean for us. What they mean for us as a faith community, church together, 
as community of believers. Now, most of you know one of my favorite writers and commentators is a person by the name of Deb Thomas. She's a person who helps me. Not only her, but many other people help me in my thought process and my reflective process on these texts. But she has helped me this week, and I will share some of her thoughts. She wrote, Jesus' first inaugural words are words of blessing. Jesus tells his disciples, before he tells them anything else, he says, you are blessed. You are blessed. And you are blessed because you are near and dear to God's heart. Jesus declares to them that you are blessed. And because he said that, that became the ground of their being. That became the ground of their identity. That became the solid foundation upon which they stood with Jesus. Freely blessed so that they're free to bless others. We do justice, she says, and that we love mercy and that we walk humbly with our God because we are already blessed. But then this is the part that really disturbed me. This is the part that caused me time for some serious reflection. She asked the question, She said, what would happen, I wonder, if we who profess faith in Jesus actually followed his example and made our first priority to bless others as we have been blessed? That's a disturbing question. If we made as our first priority in life to bless others as we have been blessed, to lead with blessing, to make blessing our most visible and foundational gift to those around us. What would happen if we did that? What would happen to our hearts? What would happen to our church? What would happen to our world if we offered blessing to our neighbors as generously as God offers blessing to us? Those are deep questions, and yet they also cause me a bit of uneasiness because I do not lead with blessing, because I don't make blessing a priority, my first priority. And one of the other things that I learned about the word blessed is that it comes from the word in Greek, makarioi, But when you take that word and you do an even deeper dive, you discover in the Aramaic language, which is the actual language that Jesus himself spoke, the word that Jesus would have used is the word asrei. Asrei. And the word asrei does not have a passive quality to it. In other words, when we are blessed, you do not simply Bask in your blessedness and then rest in it. How often have you approached somebody and said, well, how are you today? I'm blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. And I'm, I, can just, I can just go on and just be in life for the rest of my life and I'm blessed. 
and I could just rest in my blessedness. I don't have to do anything about my blessedness because I'm just happy being blessed. No, that's not the kind of blessing or the blessedness that Jesus is talking about. Our blessedness is something that is an action. We are, it is a call. When you are blessed, it is a call to action. The other thing about these blessed statements that Jesus makes is that they are not meant to be heard as individual personal statements of virtue. Because they are meant to be heard within the context of Christian community. Or to hear it more succinctly, on another biblical scholar by the name of Eugene Boring, he's a, a, written the commentary in the, on Matthew in the New Interpreter's Bible. He says that they do not describe these, these nine statements that Jesus makes. He says they don't describe nine different kinds of good people who are going to get to heaven. He says, rather, they are nine declarations about the blessedness as Easter, as resurrection people, which we are, and that we are living in anticipation of God's reign right now, in the here and the now, and that they are oriented, these statements of blessedness, they are oriented to life together in a community of discipleship. Our blessedness, our blessedness is not just an individual thing. It is a communal, corporate thing. And it's meant to be lived out, and it's meant to be acted out in Christian community. Carolyn Lewis, another, she's actually a professor at Luther Seminary in Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul. She says that these blessing teachings of Jesus, they are a call to action to be church. A call to action to make Jesus present and visible and manifest. You see, I think there is something fundamentally wrong with the structure of our system of church. Because basically, we, we and, and you know, it is the system that we've inherited. You know, we have this inherited system where we elect 12 people who say, okay, 12 people, you are the authority of the church. You make all the decisions for the sake of the church. That's not how church should be. Because we are church completely together. Now, I, I, I realize that, yeah, that, that's going to cause kind of a... Then, then how do we get... How, we, got, we got 300 plus people that are worshiping uh, every weekend here. How do we get 300 people to all agree on what's the, what's the right thing to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of getting a can of worms here, aren't we? Yeah. But she says that the, teach, the blessing teachings of Jesus, they are a call to action. A call to action to make Jesus present and visible and manifest. That is what we as church are to be about. That should be our fundamental, that should be our fundamental mission in life. And I believe that the words of Martin Luther King Jr. ring true today as they did when they were wrote 60 years ago, when Martin Luther King Jr. was sitting in a jail in Birmingham, Alabama, where he wrote his letters from a Birmingham jail. And this is one of the things that he wrote. He says, there was a time, 
There was a time when the church was very powerful. That the church was the thermostat that transformed the mores of today. If today's church does not recapture the sacrificial spirit of the early church, it will lose its authenticity, it will forfeit the loyalty of millions, and it will be dismissed as an irrelevant social club with no meaning. Those words by Martin Luther King Jr. are as relevant today as, it, as they were 60 years ago. They are an indictment upon the church. They are an indictment upon this country. It's an indictment upon our culture. When you look at what's going on in this world right now, we have a culture in which basically we live anything goes. You can do anything you want and you can get away with it. Is the church becoming irrelevant are we just becoming a social club with no meaning? You know, I've been thinking about this network table model that we took on as a ministry piece here about 18 months ago. We had an intentional group of people, about, what, nine, ten people in our church, members of our church, who took on as a step of faith, who said yes to a venture, a step, a faith venture, where they received some training, they learned and they grew together as a team, and they gathered together on a very regular basis. And the reason why I know they got together on a regular basis is because my wife, Kim, was very much a part of that group. And they worked with the Guiding Light Christian Education Center here in Lake Havasu. And one of the things that they did over this past 18 months is that they identified the greatest needs of that Christian education center. And then they took those needs and they prioritized those needs and they worked on them. They took the top three and they worked on solving those needs and how they're going to fix that. And because of their intentional teamwork, they worked together as church. They worked together as church. And they became a source of blessing to that ministry. They have blessed this group of nine or ten people from our church, they have blessed the Guiding Light Christian Education Center. And much of that's due to the fact that you, as church, came along with them and supported them as well. And I wonder, I wonder if being church, if, I wonder if church should rather be, well, it should just be a, a regular gathering. Maybe what we should do every once in a while, maybe once a month, maybe every two months, maybe we shouldn't even have church at all. Maybe what we should do rather is we should all gather together like we normally do on Sunday morning and that we should just come together and that we should in, on an intentional basis and we should identify places and people where we, the church, could be a blessing. And then take the steps to make that blessing possible. You know, there, there's so many things that we don't do right. Did you know that we have a member of our church who had a house fire? And their house is totally destroyed. This was like four or five months ago. And she's virtually living a homeless situation right now. A member of our church. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that 90% of our church even knows that. 90% of our membership doesn't even know that a member of our church had a house fire and that she's virtually almost living homeless right now. Where are we? 
where are we, church? One of our own. What if I stood before you on a regular basis and made the congregation aware of situations or people that needed the touch or needed the blessing of Christian community? I think this network table is set up upon the premise that every person in this room right now, every one of you right now, you know 10 people. And the 10 people that you know, know 10 people. And the 10 people that they know, know 10 people. And that multiplies, and that multiplies, and that multiplies. And there is so much capacity, so many resources at our fingertips just because of the people that we know. The 300 people that worship here on Sunday morning, we know collectively at least 3,000 people who have capabilities and resources. What are we going to do with all of those 3,000 people that have capacity and resource? We can change the world. Or at least we can change one person's life. How can we be church together? How can we be blessing as church together? I believe that we have an opportunity before us as we are looking now seriously at coming in the coming weeks at retiring our debt to take some time to ask ourselves the question, as a Christian community, where can we lead with blessing? I think that needs to be a fundamental question that we have to ask ourselves. Where can we lead with blessing? And I believe that the questions and the challenge that I spoke just a few moments ago, I think we need to hear them again. Because they are questions and challenges that are relevant to us right now. What would happen, I wonder, if we who profess faith in Jesus actually followed his example and made it our first priority to bless others as we have been blessed. To lead with blessing. To make blessing our most visible and foundational gift to those around us. What would happen to our hearts? What would happen to our church? What would happen to the world if we offered blessing to our neighbors as generously as God offers blessings to us? As people gathered and knit together in Christian community, we are blessed. It is the ground of our being. It is the ground of our identity. It is our solid as rock foundation. We are blessed. Freely blessed so that we can free to bless others. Where? Where are we going to lead with blessing? Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace and find ways to be a blessing to others. Thanks be to God.